Hey, welcome to the BB Podcast. What do the Bs stand for? Well, a lot of the people who know me would probably fill those Bs in with some choice B words. For now, beginner baking. I started baking a little over a month ago, July 18th, 2020. For anyone who is living through 2020 right now, you know exactly why I've started baking. But... Here, I'm just going to be talking about some things I picked up, some beginner things I've learned through following YouTube videos, recipes online and whatnot, that they might not have really gone through. The YouTubers and bakers, chefs, pros, all these people who are putting this content out, I am eternally grateful to them. I don't think I would even be able to make any sort of edible products without them. So this is not shade. This is just, I I need to express the gratitude I feel in my heart for what they've taught me so far. There are a few things that I want to talk about that weren't quite expressed in those videos or the recipes, maybe because they've been training for so long that these are things that are kind of self-explanatory to them. Understandably so. Uh, These are some things, and I'll say also, um, when it comes to most things, I'm kind of a dunce, kind of like a very uh, anxious person, in which case, if someone says a direction, I'll usually have a question for it. I usually will try to see what the right way to do it is and try to cover all my bases, which may or may not be the best thing, but just in case, in case you had these questions too, in case you are starting to bake or are getting back into baking or anything like that, I just want to provide some wisdom that I've learned over the last few weeks. First, uh, here's some of the things I've made. I've made the cookies that are kind of like the Levan, the, the bigger kind of gooey in the middle ones, lava cake, brownies, the fudgy kind, Hokkaido milk rolls, fruit tarts, Portuguese egg tarts, more types of like chocolate chip cookies, muffins, muffins that are more like cupcakes and muffins that are actually like muffins, and also a loaf of uh, supermarket bread. We're going to start with ingredients. So when I first got into it, the very first recipe that I had uh, thought about making, and this was, this is not a baking thing, but I think this can be applied to most forms of cooking and maybe anything in which it requires like a specific sort of ingredient or a specific component. Really think about how much you need and whether or not you'll be using it in the future. Uh, The reason I say this is because uh, when I started cooking, which was also just a few months ago, I made something that required miso. Now, I got so excited when I saw the recipe that I immediately went on Amazon and bought miso. I think like $10 worth or so. And I was thinking, okay, this would this would be a good amount, right? Because, I mean, when you look at the picture, you just see a bag of miso. You have no idea exactly how big the bag is. A few days later, this two-pound bag of miso shows up. And at this point, I'm, all, I'm still in the mindset of, oh, sure, great, I'll be able to use this. And then I look on the recipe again, and it required two tablespoons of miso. So, two tablespoons of miso out of 
two pounds of miso. Am I going to make that recipe again? Maybe not. Will I use the miso eventually? I mean, it'll probably take me a long time just trying to figure out more and more recipes that I could use it in. So this is a learning experience. Don't do what I did and buy way too much of something, especially if it's a more exotic ingredient, something that you won't use all the time in everything you're doing or or in like a lot of recipes that you plan on making. Otherwise, you end up with uh, two pounds minus two tablespoons of miso in your fridge for forever. Let's say that. Next thing, be very careful with substitutions. And by this, I mean like the the kind of substitutions where you think, oh, yeah, that, that's got to be close enough, right? If you don't do your research, then you can end up like what I did. Um, I was baking over at my mom's house and the recipe called for baking powder. Now, in this case, my mom has a little jar that says soda powder. Is it baking soda? I don't know. Is it baking powder? I don't know. I know now that it was baking soda. So, uh, instead of using the amount of baking powder, I used baking soda. Equivalent one-to-one exchange here. And I died. It ended up tasting very metallic, very baking soda-y. And that batch was effectively ruined. So... As far as substitutions go, um, this was kind of like my accidental introduction to it, but I think it holds true in that if there's an ingredient that's similar, still do your research just to make sure to see what the conversion rate would be. But there are some substitutions that I've tried so far that have worked out pretty decently. Number one is cake flour. Cake flour has been in short supply, and as a result... I had to find some way to make it. And what I had stumbled onto, and this was from uh, Bigger Boulder Baking, is you measure out the cup. uh, For every cup of cake flour you need, you measure out one cup of all-purpose flour, and then you take out two tablespoons of it and replace those two tablespoons with cornstarch. You do that for however many cups of cake flour you need, And then you sift, you sift, you sift, you sift, you sift it and sift some more. And then you have something maybe similar. Uh, It ended up great in the recipes that I used in. Another one, and I guess it's not really a substitution. Buttermilk isn't really easy to come by around here. Uh, Maybe if I ordered it on Amazon and then end up with like five gallons. But uh, I just needed like half a cup. And so what they have you do is just some whole milk and lemon juice. So uh, I believe the idea is one cup of milk to two tablespoons of lemon juice. Mix that up, allow it to curdle for about 30 minutes. Uh, I don't know if it's curdling that entire time, but you, uh, you allow it to sit for about 30 minutes and it'll curdle a bit and then make buttermilk. It turned out well in the recipe. Again, I don't know how close it is to actual buttermilk, but it seemed to work out okay. Now, next thing. Oh yeah, accidental substitution that worked out poorly for me was um, I had a recipe that needed instant yeast. 
I guess my powers of deduction weren't the best at that moment, but I bought active dry yeast and it had like the little packets. And because it was in a little packet, there was a part of me that thought, okay, this must mean it's instant. This must mean I can use it for this. Nope, <laughs> not quite. It ended up not rising enough and being pretty tough. And that's when I found out, okay, so if, if I'd used the instant yeast, then for this particular recipe, it would have been able to actually rise and the product would have been a lot better. So make sure that you have the right kind of ingredient too. Finally, I do want to talk about kneading bread dough because I used a stand mixer instead of kneading it by hand because uh, I'm pretty lazy. The big thing here is that when I was kneading my dough in the stand mixer, it's a little jarring because you're used to seeing things mix pretty well in a mixer or like a blender or something like that where it it seems fairly polite i mean what happens in a stand mixer with bread dough is that eventually it reaches a point where it's it's like it's just throwing it around like a fish that's jumping around inside a bucket and that, the very first time I used it, I tried to make those Hokkaido milk rolls, and it started flopping around, and I got, I panicked, I got scared, I was afraid that I was over mixing it, and so I stopped it, and turns out I didn't need it nearly as much as I needed to, it ended up being super tough. So, when the dough begins flopping around, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Make sure that you allow it to fully knead until it's smooth. And don't be afraid to stop the mixer so that you can extricate the dough if it starts wrapping around the, the dough hook. Don't be afraid to stop it so you can pull it off and kind of redistribute it a little bit. I mean, my mixer is not the best, and so I have to do that anyway, um, just to make sure that everything is being folded in properly. Just stop it. Give it a second to uh, give yourself a second to kind of shift it around a little bit just so everything is more uniform. That is pretty much it for this first thing. Um, I just wanted to share some of the experiences I've had over the last uh, four or five weeks of baking. I've made quite a few things and some turned out better than others, but uh, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to help just a little bit. Um, stay tuned, leave a comment, like, uh, thank you so much for watching slash listening.